welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Crossroads family here today. You know, um, last week I had a chance to, uh, to pray for somebody to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior after the service, but it was uh, from uh, one of the young adults who had just simply invited a co-worker, and I thought, this is what it's all about. If we just really care about our friends, if we care about our family enough, if we care about the uh, co-workers and things, just to do something simply as, as inviting, it can make a difference in eternity with them. You know, early on in, uh, in Crossroads, uh, the life of Crossroads, I challenged uh, people to, to do something. I said, I said, here's the deal. I'll, I'll do something that, or you do something I can't do, and, uh, and then I'll do something that probably may be awkward for you as a challenge to you. If you invite your friends and family, coworkers, everybody like that, I can guarantee you that they will have an opportunity, many opportunities, to hear uh, how God can change their life and he- have opportunities to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So that's a deal that I say again, man. Invite your friends, invite your coworkers. For those who are watching online, invite other people to watch online with you because it can make an eternity uh, of, uh, of difference. You know, uh, we've been taking a look at just even uh, things on uh, the ghost of Christmas past. And one thing about names, if you think about names, uh, have you ever seen somebody that you came across a name and you're just going, seriously, that's your name? I mean, that's really your name? That's what your mom or dad gave you? That name? That's, in, that's incredible. And, uh, you know, like an example of that would be Frank Zappa named his kids uh, Moon Unit and Dweezil, right? And you're just going, you got to be kidding me. That's seriously what you named your, named your kids. But it, sometimes it's also what they, you know, what they, they dealt with was, uh, was kind of wild or, you know, the, the job that they have that's kind of weird with, with that. And go ahead and throw some of those, those up there. I look at this, this is my, I, I love this. Samsung is the specialist and he works for Apple. How about that? All right, here's Rick Roll. All right. Taj Mahal. Goldilocks. How about this one? Try that last name for me. There we go. I love this one. Chris P. Bacon. You got Bear Trap. He lives up in Idaho. Cash Register. Deja vu. I like this for an orthodontist. Your last name of Hurt. How did you like that one? I love this one. Pterodactyl is the name of this cheerleader. I like this for the wedding. McDonald and Burger got married. Christian guy. There you go. That's pretty good, right? And Rob Banks. Let's talk about that one. But is. There's some weird names out there, aren't there, and, and things. But, you know, we've taken a look at what we're doing with the uh, Ghosts of Christmas Past. We're talking about the difference, the, uh, the, the impact, some things that happen in our past and the difference it's made in our present or in our future. And sometimes we are, are haunted. We are affected. We are infected in a negative way by some of the things that happened in our past. And we've taken a, a, a look at, we took a look at shame last week. We took a look at, at offense the week before that. And today we're going to be taking a look at, at labels and, and names. Because one thing you know is words can make a difference, can't they? Words are impactful. Words are incredibly, incredibly powerful. With our words, we can, it can hurt. 
With our words, we can harm. We can heal. We can, we can bring pain and, and, and suffering. We can encourage people with our words. We can tear people down with our, our words. In fact, the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. You know, there was somebody, when I was in my, the first church I was a, a pastor at, there were some, a, uh, two different guys. One of them was a, a guy named Rocco, and he was in his, his 70s, and there was another man named Arlie. Arlie was in his early 90s, and each one of these guys would come up after a service, I'd be at a door, and they'd be shaking, they'd be shaking hands, and uh, Rocco would always say one of two things to me, and Arlie would always say the exact same thing to me. This is what, Ar what Arla, I mean, Rocco would say to me. He'd come up no matter how I preached. I mean, I'd preach my guts out. I'd lay it on the table every week, a few times a, w a week, and he'd come up to me and he'd say one of two things. He'd either shake my hand and say, you did good, you got us out by noon, or he would say, you need to get us out by noon. Thank you, Rocco. Bless my heart there. Thanks, buddy. That really made a difference in my life. But, but on the other hand, Arlie would come up to me every day, and he would say, and he'd shake my hand, and he'd hold my hand for about five, six seconds before he said a thing, and he'd look me in the eye, and his jowls would kind of move like this, and he'd go, you're a good one, boy. You're a good one. And I thought, man, I don't know, you know no matter what happened the rest of the week to me, I felt like Billy Graham after, after Arlie, you know? Rocco, it's kind of felt like a little slug every time. And, and life and death are in the power of the tongues. And here's one thing that you and, and I know. We've heard this statement. In fact, we've probably said this statement many times when we were a kid. But here's the words. It, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Oh, you've, you've heard it, huh? And how, how stupid are those words? I mean, how dumb that names do hurt us. Names profoundly affect us. Names can affect us one way or the other. And we're going to take a look at just some things about names to, uh, today. And first of all, where do our names come from? Where do the labels come from that, that we've been given in our life, especially those negative uh, labels? And one of them is from Satan himself, right? Uh, I was, uh, I think I've said this before, and I've preached on this subject before, but I'm going to be talking about it from a totally different angle and something that, a, a passage I've never used before as, uh, as, as preaching. But one thing I talked about, I think before, is, is there was a, a group that we took to, to Africa, and we were on the, the mission field, and one morning we were given devotions, and I just felt I was supposed to say something about labels and names. And I had them write down on a piece of paper and said, name a label that you've been given sometime in your, in your life that's, that's had an effect on you. And I couldn't believe what they said. I mean, these are some incredibly strong Christians. These are incredibly people that you look at them, you'd think that, you know, think they all had it all together and everything like that, and listen to some of the words that they said, that they were given, that have made a difference in their life. Stupid, pervert, unworthy, unloved, failure, burden, controlling, weak, useless, defective, stuck up. And I guess I already said failure. I'm looking at those going, you've got to be kidding. This is what somebody is really, has really laid on you. You really believe those things about yourself or at least heard those things about yourself. And, and not only does, you know, does that label us, Satan label us, but also uh, society labels us as well, doesn't it? And I was just thinking about some of the words that we used to use in, in high school to, to describe people, to label people and things. And, and, and these are just some that came to my mind. How about, how about some of these? It's, how about geek, nerd? Jock, slut, retard, ugly, freak, slow, hopeless, failure, pig, pain, fat, flat, 
Runt, short, skinny, retard, psycho, weird, crazy, boring, hyper, and of course, loser. You know, one time uh, when I was getting on a plane, they, you know how they, they say, you know, which, which pe- groups of people can get on at the, at the start and things, and they have the different classes, and they say, you know, first of all, if you're in the, thank you for coming, and, and the first one, I remember this was a regional airline, and I remember hearing all, all the different titles that they gave, and if I'm not mistaken, here's what was given. The very first one was the name, um, was, uh, it was Platinum, and then Diamond, and then sapphire, and then ruby, and then gold, and then silver, all right? I mean, all these, and there's like five of us left that haven't been called. So I just yelled out, vermin, right? I mean, that's what we felt like. I mean, we felt like, holy smoke, you've, give, you've, you've labeled us by not giving us a positive label. And, uh, and think about how many times in lives we just get, we get those things. And I, I thought of this, too, is we live now in a society that is worse at, navel, navel, at, at labels than any other time that I've ever lived. I mean, it, it, think about it. It seemed like that not that long ago. If somebody disagreed with you, it, they, what you would do is you'd talk to that person. You'd hash it out. You'd see what's on their heart. They'd hear what's on your heart. You'd have a discussion. You'd have a, dis, a, 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 you know, a, a dialogue and everything. But now it seems like if somebody disagrees with you, you just hand, hand a label on them. You just slam a label on them and put that label on them, and, and it makes it where you don't have to hear their heart. You can belittle them enough that you don't even have to hear what's going on in their, in their life. And something that I thought of, I, I was reading an, an article, and uh, it was a, a person that was saying things about a social issue of our, of our day. And not once did this person try to, to say what his feelings were about it or you know, share, share why that person believed what they believed about it. They just used seven different labels to label anybody that disagreed with them. Label, 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 label. And I thought, is that what we've come to? Just a, a society, just a, a generation of labeling other people if we disagree with those, with those people. Something else is significant others can label us, can't they? Many of us in this room, many of us that are hearing my voice right now, you were labeled by a parent, or you were labeled by a coach, or a teacher, or, or, or somebody that, uh, that it hurt you, that it had a profound effect because this was a significant person in your, in your life. And uh, here's, here's some of the ones that were, were given, given there. I mean, think about it. Jacob was given the name Jacob, and, and that name means deceiver. How would you like it if your parents named you deceiver? Talk about putting a label on somebody, and that's his own, that's his own parents. But there's one guy in our church that told me his dad once told him, listen to these words, don't expect to be much. You'll never amount to anything. And this man said for decades this had a profound effect in a cloud over their, over their life, how it affected them by, uh, you know, from, from hearing those words from their, from their dad. And sometimes, think about this, sometimes we're the, our own worst enemies that we label ourselves, don't we? I remember there was, you know, in the Bible, there's this lady by the name of Naomi. Naomi's a beautiful name. You know what that mean, name means? It means sweetness. And long before Walter Payton came along, you had this lady named, named Sweetness. And, and so she went to another country because she had, uh, there was a drought and a famine in her land. So she went with her family to another land, land, and some bad things happened to her. She lost her husband, and she lost both of her, her sons. And so she came back to the, the land of her birth, and everybody's looking at her and basically says, Naomi, what in the world has gotten into you? What is wrong? What, you, you look terrible. What's gone to you? And she said, don't, no, 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 no. Don't call me 
Naomi anymore. Don't call me sweetness anymore. Call me Mara, which means, which means bitter. Isn't that something? She labeled herself. She, labeled her, she changed her name from sweetness to, to, to bitter. Now, I don't know about you. I've done that to myself before. I, there was, I remember for years, anytime I would do something stupid, I would say something about myself. I would say either something like, stupid, you stupid, or you idiot. Or I'd put those together. You stupid idiot. Remember one time God just, man, he, he, he rebuked me for that. He said, stop it. Stop calling yourself that. You're not stupid. You're not an idiot. I didn't make you that way. And you're, you're listening to, you're saying words that would come out of Satan's mouth, not out of my mouth. You're, my, you're a, a child of mine. Don't you call yourself stupid or an idiot anymore? And I thought to myself after you said that, I, I thought, you know, I don't even call, I wouldn't call anybody else that. So why, if I wouldn't call anybody else that, why would I call myself that? Sometimes we're our own worst enemies, that we're the ones that give ourselves the, the worst time. And something that I, th I saw, too, is one time there was a, a lady down here who was brokenhearted because her daughter had been being, was being called names, I mean, bullied, bullied, bullied at, uh, at, at school. And she shared me some of the things that had been, uh, that, that she'd been called. And, and, and her, the mom, two things. First was brokenhearted and was also absolutely hacked off. There was righteous indignation in mama, and well should be. And I thought, maybe that's like God. When he hears us use uh, labels or anybody else uses labels against us, maybe it's that, that he first feels our brokenness and feels I mean, he gets brokenhearted because we're brokenhearted. And maybe the other thing also is, is maybe he gets some righteous indignation of just going, no, 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 enough, no more, no more, no more. That's not who you are. And let's be real for a second. Some of the time we are given labels or names, and to a point, it really does, there's some truth in what they're talking about. Maybe somebody calls us a, a, a liar, and we really do not tell the, the truth very, very often, if truth be told. Or maybe they're lazy. And again, if truth be told, we're not the most motivated person around. Or maybe you're, you're having the label of hothead. And maybe, you know, maybe that, that label fits. Maybe you get more excited, more, more up, you know, upset and everything than the average person and a whole lot quicker than the average, average person. But here's what I want you to hear. Here's the first thing if you're taking notes. These are important. The first is what's true about you now doesn't have to be true about you later. What's true about you now does not have to be true about you later. You know, uh, one of the, the things I love about Christmas, I love watching The Christmas Carol. I think it's an incredibly impactful story because what it tells, it tells something, a person who's been transformed. It talks about a person who was this and became this. He was a miser. He was a jerk. He was a horrible boss. He, was, he hated Christmas. He was somebody that was stingy, rude, everything you want, but he changed. He no longer remained that. He became an incredibly generous person. He became an incredibly loving person. He became a wonderful boss. He became all the, the positive things. And you know what I love about that is we do. We serve a God who transforms. And that's one of the things that I love about Crossroads is, is one of our key beliefs is that God is all about transforming lives in order to transform the world. And you are witnesses to that. Every single week, we hear testimonies about a person's life who has been transformed. Somebody after the service, uh, first service came up to me and said, you know what, I've been coming to the church just a couple of months. But he said, my daughter has seen such a change in my life that now she's just become a believer. 
And what a beautiful thing. And, you know, people, my, some of my friends, they would, they would uh, when, I, when I first became a pastor, they'd say, you know what, someday we're going to show up at your church and we're going to tell everybody what you used to be like. I said, <laughs> I said, please do, man, bring it on, because it just gives more testimony of who God is. Because here's the thing that I, I know is, is this, that I'm, I'm not the man I want to be, and I'm not the man I'm going to be, but praise God, I am not the man I used to be. Can anybody say amen to that? And here's the thing. God's power, everybody, God's power is bigger than your past. And the second thing is, if you've embraced some hurtful or negative label, name it something different. If you've been given a hurtful or negative label, name it something different. There's this beautiful, beautiful story in Genesis, this incredible love story, where there's this guy by the name of Jacob, and he meets this, this lady by the name of, of Rachel. He meets her on shepherdsonly.com. No, I'm just kidding. He meets, he meets her as she's being a shepherdess, and he is blown away from the time he sees her. The Bible says this about her. She's lovely in form and beautiful. Um, she's a knockout, right? And this says, the Bible says this about her sister, but her sister had weak eyes. That's a nice way of saying she had a great personality, right? And so he falls for, for, for Rachel. And he, after a while, he comes up to, his, to her dad, Laban, and says, I want your, your daughter's hand in marriage. And he says, great, I'll give it to you, but here's the circumstance. He said, I want you to, to work for me for seven years, and then I'll give my daughter's hand in marriage to you. And he said, absolutely, no problem whatsoever. And I love this beautiful part. It can, finally came seven years later, and this is what it says. It says, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Oh, isn't that sweet? But here's the thing. So now he's, man, he's all ready to go. On the wedding night, he's thinking, he's hoping that, you know, that Rachel's there. And he wakes up, and he finds that instead of Rachel been given to him, Leah, the sister, weak eyes, has been given to him. Now, I don't know how much alcohol would have to be consumed or dark it would have to be in order for that to, to not understand that that was, was happening, but that's what took place. And he comes up and he said, wait a second, hold on, time out a second. I was working for the figure and you gave me weak eyes, right? And so she's, the Laban said, well, that's not how it's done here. Around, in, around here, what you do is you, first you get, marry off the oldest daughter, and then you marry off the next daughter. So, so tell you what, I'll give you layup as hand in marriage, but then uh, you work another seven years for me for Rachel's hand. And he said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And everything was, was beautiful. They got married, and, and, and life is beautiful, it, but then suddenly there's, there's problem in paradise. Here's what happened. Rachel couldn't conceive. And this was breaking their heart because they so wanted children. And what made matters worse is Leah was like fertile myrtle, man. I mean, she could look at Jacob and get pregnant. And so she's this baby machine, and this one can't have any children whatsoever. And she's absolutely brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted. They cry out to God. They cry tears. And then suddenly one day... It happens, and, and God, God answers their prayer, and she gives birth to who we know as Joseph. But then, then, but then they said, let's do it again. Let's have another child, and that's when the problems happen. And listen to this. The Bible describes it. It says, Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. 
And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't be afraid, for you have another son. And she breathed, as she breathed her last, hear those words, as she was breathing her last, for she was dying, she named her son Ben-Oni. And Rachel's in big trouble. And they didn't have a lot of the, the, you know, the, the medical things, praise God, that we have today. And, and she's dying. And she knows it. And her midwife knows it. And so, so then she's holding her baby, her brand new newborn, in her arms. And she knows that she only has a couple of moments with, with him. And she gives him a name, which is Ben-Oni. Ben means son of, Oni means sorrow. She named her child son of my, my sorrow. And so, uh, but, but then Jacob gets a hold of that. He understands what's happening. Now, well, first of all, you know, so we understand why she would name that, right? We understand why she would name him son of my sorrow because she's sorrowful. She's brokenhearted. She's never going to be able to raise this child. She's never going to hear him speak for the first time. She's never going to be able to watch him walk. She's never going to be able to, to spend time with, with, with this, this child, and she's brokenhearted, and you understand why she could name him son of my sorrow. But who do we forget about in this story a lot of time? We forget about Jacob. Remember, Mr., I'll work 14 years for the love of my life. That he's brokenhearted too. He's watching his wife die. And then he hears her give the name to his son, Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. And he grabs his son in his arms and he says, no, no, no. That's not what your name is going to be. See, Jacob was used to having names changed. His own name was changed. God looked at him and said, from now on, you will no longer be deceiver. You will no longer be Jacob. From this moment on, you will be Israel. You will be, you wrestle with, with God. Three times, Jacob changed things, names of things. But this time he holds his newborn son. He goes, and even though his dying wife, her last words were naming him that, he said, your name will not be that. Your name will not be son of sorrow. Your name will not be Ben-Oni, it will be Ben-Jamin, which means son of my right hand. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know the right hand was the place of honor. It was the base of, place of glory. It was the, the, the play, place of, of everything good, of blessing, right? So he's saying, you're not going to be the son of my sorrow. That's what you've been called. But from now on, you will be the son of my blessing. You will be the son of my right hand. You will be the son of my power. You will be the son of my grace. You will be the son of my joy. And I believe that's exactly what God does to us. Whatever label we've been given, whatever name we've been given, that God says, no, no, no. Those negative names, that's not what you're going to be anymore. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say some of the labels that maybe you've been given and I've been given and we've been given over here. But then I'm going to say the name that God gives us straight out of the word of God. He says, this, maybe it's you loser. And God says, no, no, no. More than a conqueror. Failure. Mm-mm-mm overcomer, unloved, beloved, forgotten, remembered, pain in the neck or other parts of the anatomy, apple of God's eye, guilty, forgiven, worthless, precious, God's masterpiece, alone, never, ever alone. Sinner, saint. And let God's word just soak into our life of whatever you've been called. But let God 
say something else and rename it and rename you. Let your heavenly Father rename you. And sometimes, you know, we've been given a name and, and God can change. It's the same name, but God can change it around for a new meaning. And something I thought of there is I remember when, uh, when I was going through ordination. Now, to be ordained in our, our denomination, you'd have to go through eight years of, of education. And then you went through what was called a candidacy program. And what you would do is you'd write paper after paper after paper, and then you'd, you'd go before committee after committee after committee and, and district and conference boards and everything like that. And, and, and then you'd have to do the same. To, to After two years probation, you'd go through, through that for uh, elders' orders as, as, as well. I remember one time the person that was the head of the whole thing said to the, the person that was basically recruiting me into the conference, and he said this, that's a sharp young man, but he's dangerous. And I thought, you know what? I know why he said I was dangerous. Because, because in those days, I had different opinions and different thoughts than most of the people of my, my colleagues that I grew into. Because I had this opinion that maybe, maybe, maybe we could use songs that weren't written, that were written since 1900, right? Or maybe we could hear some, some music from instruments that wasn't just a piano or an organ. Or maybe we really did believe that the Bible was the word of God. Or instead of just writing checks to other, to other mission organizations, that we were a mission organization. And we would raise up missionaries around our city and around our, our world. And that may not seem like a big deal then, now, but it was a big deal back then. And they said I was, I was dangerous. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to grab that. I'm going to grab hold of that name, but I'm going to be different it's going to be different than the way he intended it. He meant that for negative. But yeah, I'm going to be, I, I, I pray to God that I am dangerous to the forces of darkness. I pray that I am dangerous to just doing church the way it's always been done. I pray I am dangerous to those things. And whatever you, label you've been given, maybe God can take that same label, but he can transform it into something positive for a new beginning in your life. Amen? It says this too, is, is don't get, and this will change your life, you don't get to choose what comes into your life, but you do get to choose what you call it. You don't get to choose what comes into your life, but you get to choose what you call it in, uh, in life. And again, maybe you, know, maybe you say, man, that's, that's meant for harm. That's, what's, that's what it came in there for. And God said, you say, no, no, no. You meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. Or maybe it's, it's something like, that's a curse. No, no, no. I'm gonna change that into a blessing. I'm gonna rename it. It's a tragedy. No, you know what? It's going to turn into a, a, a triumph. That it's a, a cross I need to, to bear. No? You know what? For a Christian behind every cross, there's a resurrection. There's new life. Maybe it's, it's been called an impossible situation in your life. And you say, no, no, no. What it is, it's going to be an opportunity for God to provide. It's going to be an opportunity for God to show how, how incredibly blessed uh, I am. Or maybe it's, you know what, sorrow is going to come into your life. And sorrow is going to last through the night. You say, maybe sorrow is going to last through the night. But joy is going to come in the, in the morning. You know, one time I, um, I was uh, offered to go to, to Israel on a, on a trip that, uh, from an organization there. And it was an amazing trip that I was able to meet with some of their Senate, with their Knesset. I was able to meet with some of their leaders. I was able to go to the... Uh, to the Syrian border with the peacekeeping troops and, and, and be with them. And I'm hearing bombs going off just even, even in the, the, the distance near. I was able to, work, to be with a kibbutz with, right near the, uh, the Gaza Strip and just an amazing, amazing opportunity. And one thing that they did, they took me there first class. 
I didn't know what first class looked like, man. I'd never been first class. I'd always been in the, the you know, everything but the baggage, right? I'd been on the, the cheapest I could ever get on a flight, usually in the absolute back of the airplane. And, and so I, and, and, but they gave me a first class ticket. And I was so unused to first class that I walked through the entire security line that's the, you know, the non-first class. Then I got to the line, I'm like, I watched the guy go and I'm like, oh man, I could have bypassed this whole thing. And then I gave, went up to the, to the, the, the student and said, you know, hand, handed her the ticket. She goes right this way and opened up a curtain. Let me tell you something. I didn't feel first class. You know what I felt like? I felt coach because that's what I'd been my whole life. But somehow somebody had paid my way so I could be first class. Somebody had declared me what I had never been declared before. And suddenly I open up a, 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 there, there and, and they hand me a, some champagne. And then they get, take me to what is you know, basically my own little cubby that turned into a bed that, that had this, this incredible TV, right? And they gave me steak to eat instead of whatever the, the other stuff is that they normally give in, in, in coach. And so, but I thought, this is just like God. I thought, you know, I don't feel a lot of times like a son of God. There's times I don't think like one. There's times I don't act like one. Times I don't speak like one. There's just times I, and, and it just, I don't feel worthy of being called what I've been called. But there's a man who paid my way. There's a man who paid for me to be first class. I said, you are a son of God, you're my son, you're forgiven, you're more than a conqueror, you're my beloved, you're the apple of my eye, and I don't feel worthy of that, but it's been who I'm declared to be in the same thing, God's declared you to be that same thing, you may not feel worthy of that, but a price has been paid for you to be called something that you've never been called before, and you know, there's a, something right here that I just want us to fill out for a second. And this is where it says, I am not, I am. And I want this to be our declaration, to take this out and write this down. What, are some, what is something you've been called before? What's a label that you've been called before? What's something you've been lived under? What's something you've lived in the shadow under? What's something, what's something there? And, 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 and now let the, let the Holy Spirit say, maybe that's what you've been, but this is who you are. You may have been Ben O'Neill. But now you are Benjamin. You are son or daughter of my right hand. I'm sure every one of us, I don't know what you've been called before. Maybe it's a racial epitaph. Maybe it's something just with what you are, but I don't know what it is. But what have you been called before that God is saying, this is not who you are. This is who you are. And let's take a moment just to, just to let that soak in. Fill this out. Give an opportunity to, to lay this down in a few moments. What would happen if we started living out what God has declared us to be? They were saying we no longer have to be a slave to fear. We're no longer a loser. We're no longer, how about this one? This is somebody, somebody not enough. I'm not not enough. I'm not forsaken. I'm not unlovable. I'm not hopeless. I'm not helpless. I'm not too far gone for God.
Put down what you are. Maybe it's some of the things we said. You're a conqueror. You're more than your son or daughter of God. You're loved. You're never alone. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's workmanship. And here's one thing that I want you to know. What has been true about you before does not have to be true about you from this moment on in your life. And if you've been embraced some hurtful or negative label, name it something different from this moment on. And you don't get to choose what comes your way, but you do get to choose what you call it. So God, I pray for freedom right now. I pray that we lay these burdens down as we lay them down. God, that you raise us up. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could stand and sing. The altar is going to be open here. There's cards already up here, many, many cards. And just come and, and write this down. Maybe you don't have a pen to write them down. God knows what you're going to put down here. And just lay the burdens down. Stay as long as you want. And there's going to be people here who want to pray for you. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.